Make sure this thing's working. Okay, looks good. Okay, three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. Tonight, I have a very, I have a returning guest, a very special guest. His name is Jim Smith. He is the proprietor or the the overseer of Drowning Victims Smiley Face Cult on Twitter, and Jim Smith on Facebook. He has been following these this long cycle or series of disappearances and death of young men. So tonight, uh, he has suggested we we go over some of the more recent cases that or events that have happened since March 31st, the last time we've taped. So, Jim, are you there? I'm here, William. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for returning. I really appreciate it. Um, we both have, and you primarily have been following so many uh, events that have happened since we last talked, and I was hoping that we could just kind of go over them in detail. Can you kind of bring up some of the more recent cases or everything that you've been learning since uh, our last conversation? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, just... Thanks again for having me on and talking about this subject that, you know, is really important to you and I um, because so many men continue to um, vanish in America. It's the same states. And gosh, just since the last time we talked, there's been multiple, multiple more um, young men who have either been abducted or vanished um, and also who have been missing since the beginning of the year and have been found in the water, um, just like we speculated and it tweeted and posted on Facebook um, that as soon as they, people went missing, that it was suspicious and to watch it, and we were sadly correct. And that was uh, one of those those cases was Jim Cross, correct? Yeah, I mean, Jim Cross was one of them. Jim Cross uh, in Oregon was a student at the University of, uh, I believe he was in Eugene, Oregon, the University of Oregon. Um, he was a 40-year-old man, a little older than normal, but he was a bartender and he had gone back to college and he vanished the same weekend as uh, previous victims that we had talked about. Junebug, uh, Harris was his name, and all the way out in Maine, Banger, Maine, who had vanished. Um, and he was also found in the river up there, same weekend that Jim Cross vanished. Um, and there was another man in Philadelphia named Lance James, who was a, a Marine veteran who disappeared out at a bar and was found in the river as well. All three men disappeared. All three men dis- across the country were found the same way. Right. And Junebug was uh, Banger, Maine. Lance James was outside of Philadelphia, correct? Yes. So yep. he, south. he was actually in New Jersey, but really a, a suburb of Philly. And then Eugene, Oregon, Oregon of Jim's Cross. And, of course, uh, he was recently discovered in water. Uh, I think it was May 12th is the close to the date, or if not the exact date, that his body was found. So... I don't know, or nobody really knows. None of the information is really forthcoming about how long he was in that river, which I think would be uh, vitally important. Yeah, they had searched that, that river many, 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 many times. Uh, and that's that's crazy. an interesting thing because not only about Cross was a thing that I had, I had recently, and you probably had known, but another disappeared, another disappeared guy, this guy uh, by the name of Barrett, uh, he was discovered, but I had found that he was discovered in a river, but also in a place that had been like close to the bar he was at that had been searched over and over and over again. And then he pops up again. Brad Barrett. Brad Barrett. Right. Yeah. So I, I got some more recent information since you and I last talked and I'm con- convinced that he was another uh, uh, victim in this series of victims. So, uh, you know, no, he, to, he, absolutely. No, no doubt in my mind, 
William. Um, in fact, you know, pretty a lot of evidence in that case. Um, you know, he walked right by his car, Brad Ferret, leaving the bar. Um, you know, Pennsylvania has been one of the hottest states for these. In fact, um, there's been multiple young men who have been abducted, many young men missing since the first of the year in Pennsylvania. And I mean, not just Dakota James, but uh, Verrett's uh, shoe was found on an island in the middle of the river only. Um, it was upstream um, from where he was eventually found that had been searched many, many, many times. And not only that, but through the wonders of Facebook, we're able to connect Brad Verrett's disappearance and murder to another young man who's missing um, named Gage uh, Harkins um, that directly links them on Facebook. And Gage has not been found. Right, and he came out, he was close by. Barrett was out of Reading, Pennsylvania, and Gage Harkin, 17 years old, fits the type uh, victim, was out of Pottsville, which I, I don't know the exact mileage or distance, but my understanding is that's pretty close to uh, Reading. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, off the top of my head, I, I believe it's less than 30 miles. Gotcha. And he's been, Gage Harkins has been missing since February 26th uh, yes. this year, so that's just a remarkable uh, connection or correlation that nobody else other than you, is really made. That, he's just, just, that Harkins is connected to Barrett. Absolutely. I mean, we can connect them, you know, um, through similar activities and friends. Um, oh. and you know, you, it, you've, you've covered some of the other cases in Pennsylvania. Can you uh, talk about some of these other cases other than Harkins, who is still missing? Barrett's been found. Sure. Um yeah, Verrett and James were found um, deceased in the water, and we we predicted both would be, and as soon as they vanished, that they were probably connected and would be found in water. And sadly, we were correct. Um, there have been those have there have been many bodies that have been, been pulled from the water in Pennsylvania, um, but there's only been a couple. A majority of the young men are still missing. Right. Uh, Stephen White Knight is 31 years old. He's he's missing. He was missing in, from January. Um, his parents, the, every time that they think he's going to be in the river, I'll just tell you that, his parents are already, every time a body's found in the river, that they think that it's him. I, I just read an interview. Um, there's a guy named Zach Sheets, who's 19 years old. He's also missing in Pennsylvania. Then there's Gage Harkins, well, we were just talking about, 17 years old. There were two men who were friends who vanished together at the same time. Um, one is James Smith, he's 32. Other is Damian Staniszewski, he's 19. Vanished, gone. Two friends um, vanished together, they had not been found. Nathan Rossi Jr., 29 years old, still missing. Um Eladini Ali Ali is 22 years old. He just went missing in Pennsylvania. That was and Shane Workman just also he's 31 years old too. Also just vanished. Those last two you talked about, El Medini Alili and Shane Workman, those two kind of fit the profile of guys who were kind of seen in the afternoon by themselves. Shane Workman being out late at night, uh, 10:30 on April 25th of 2017. Uh, they both fit the, the profile. So. I expect that, you know, the people who you listed 
know, some of those will be found in water probably in the next 30 days. If, or if, if they're, they're found, found at all. Correct, if they're found at all. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I expect Stephen White Knight to be found just because of so much stuff being in the news. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how many of those eight people will be found. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, it's it's just fascinating about Dakota James, Brad Verrett, and these other cases. There's just so many things happening in Pennsylvania. I'm surprised the police haven't put you know, a general warning out to people. That's yeah. pretty surprising. Yeah. This bad, I think political correctness plays a part in this. I say this a lot, that people are scared to speak out. But I tell you, there's been so many victims in Pennsylvania that a lot of people are talking and they're pushing their politicians. The James family has raised holy hell on the media and police since his, their son was murdered. And God bless them, you know. Um, but they they see they see all the other men yeah. who keep. I mean, it's so There's, this is growing. A, yeah, they have an active Facebook page. They talk about the the mayor and the chief of police. They're very aware of who they are. And um, I have information that I can't really divulge my source, but there are very important things happening beneath the surface uh, around the Dakota James case. So. I would recommend people who are listening to this podcast, if you want to kind of key into one of these cases, key into the Dakota James case and keep an eye on it because I expect that very important information will be coming out um, probably in the next 30 to 60 days. So keep an eye on that. But, yeah, it's uh, that red case, hot in Pennsylvania. Yeah, though. red hot. And that case isn't going away. The parents and the family are very curious. And, uh, you know, I think they're keeping an eye out on on all kinds of new information, how they can tie uh, this Dakota James to some of these other cases. They're definitely um, very, like, on point. They're, they're really focused on these cases. Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope it gets through. I mean, again, there's been multiple men since Dakota James, and yeah. his family pretty early on saw our work on Facebook and Twitter and knew something was wrong, you know, uh, which I think – this is a big part of making people understand what's going on is when rational people are able to read enough of these cases, it makes a light goes off. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's really important. They, they kind of realize, they don't know before it happens that there are other cases and then they realize it and go, that light goes off and they kind of realize this, this is part of a pattern. Speaking of patterns, why don't we, you know, we've covered Pennsylvania uh, some very fast, you know, very important things are happening happening in Boston, Massachusetts, and that area around Boston. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Boston has been one of the worst cities for this the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of people know that. That's been another great city that people, their citizens, see the pattern because young man after young man after young man has been going missing. Um, and you know this continued. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, Kelleher, it's, Kelleher was the early one that disappeared after a ball game, I believe, and then was found in the uh, St. James or one of the rivers there. Is that correct? Do you remember? Kelleher? Yes, sir. So yeah, was, um, Michael Kelly. Kelly. Is that how you pronounce his name? I'm not. I know. K e l l e h e r. Kelly. Kelly. Her. Um, he was left the Boston Celtics game. And was with friends and left to go get an Uber and walked over to a park and I guess was having trouble getting an Uber 
and vanished. And very similar part of town to where Zach Marr was and other victims have um, and have been found. And man, they the pre the, the law enforcement and the media immediately jumped on this story when Michael vanished this time because it's so fresh from the other young men who are being murdered and were being put into St. Charles River. Um, and that, I mean, the first day he was missing, they were looking in the exact same spot where Zach Marr was found, um, that they searched for every day. They searched the canal and the river for, um, Michael Keller and they didn't find anything. And then all of a sudden, after a couple of weeks, right on Easter morning, they found his body. And I think him being found on Easter is a pretty big hint, um, gives you a, a, a inside look of the, who the people are doing this. I mean, the misconception, like, let me just get this out of the way too. We were talking about this earlier. You know, a, a lot of people who are, you know, understand this and follow this, they think this is one person. Like, this is not one person. This is a lot of people doing this. One person cannot abduct a man. It's not possible. Um, but there, besides Michael, after Michael was found in the river, on Easter, um, there's been two more men uh, outside of Boston. Um, one is a Duke student. His name is Michael Dorotry. He was leaving a party. Uh, this is just most recently. He has vanished. Um, they found his shoes uh, at a nearby lake in a wet, like a wetland area. They found his one of his shoes on one side and the other shoe on the other side. And that was last week. And he has still not been found. The police, there, been, there were 40 police officers helping search for him the day after he went missing. And that's an oddity about these cases. So often you find that these guys have one shoe on or one shoe miss, missing. Have you found that to be? Less shoe. Yeah. Something strange about it. Doher, Doherty was 20 years old. He was a college student. He was in the city of Franklin. And he fits the profile. He was out late at 1.30 in the night. And that's when he was last seen. Was 1.30 in the morning. But, uh. He's in the news every day. You know, there's always a story about Doherty. So it's really uh, remarkable that it, it's just the same profile. I mean, he's about 15, 20 minutes outside of downtown Boston. Yeah, I mean, leaving a party, It's he's he's definitely been abducted. I mean, in my opinion, what do well, I, I know? know? But he, he, he has, has not been found. They have searched every day for him. And he is just another victim. I mean, um, there was another young man. The day before Michael um, Daltrey in Massachusetts, who also vanished, he's 26 years old. Um, he he was 26 miles away from Michael Daltrey, and they speculate that they found his body today. And the I cannot confirm that, but they suspect they found his body today um, in the St. Charles River. Right. So May 19th, 2017. There's a high possibility that Sri Ram Jayakumar, 26 years old, a guy of Indian, yes. Indian ancestry, was found in the, uh, was it the James River? Is that right? Charles yes, the James, James River. River. Okay, so one's the Charles, yeah. one's the James, yeah. So that's also another kind of thing. It seems like there's a lot of uh, people of Indian ancestry that seem to be more prevalent than in the past as, uh, as victims. Do you find that to be the case? I, I absolutely do. In fact, there's there's little p groups of each of different type of victims. People think the mis there's a misconception that these are all just white young college students. Right. Not true. It used to be that way. 
But since about 2012, a lot of other victims and other nationalities and races have been, you're popping up, starting to see more of them. But Indian, American Indian, Hindu, I guess that's how I've been targeted. Good looking, smart, college boy Indians. I mean, um, Rennie Joseph in Panama City is a perfect example. Uh, they still have not found him. Um, there was Harsha Man- Madula, right? Um, right. Who was a very big case. Yeah. Got. We, we talked about that on the last episode. Um, there's been some in um, England. The, there's a couple Manchester yes. cases. Suvik Powell. Correct. Uh, Good looking, kind of thin Indian kid, and then there was another one. I wish I could. Remember. Was it Ab- Abdul Kader Kader Mahmood in Bristol? Uh, yes. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, there was one more. I wish I could remember in in uh, thing, but just like in the general thing, is oh Arvin Sharma out of D.C. Kind of a more recent case. I think that was 2010. That he was actually a Nepalese American, but one that you know of, and I think you pointed me to, was Ambrose Monier out of Chicago. Yes. That was uh, last year, May 16th. 28 years yeah. old, walking out at night, smart college educated i think he was from somewhere in africa Ghanaian or something like that but uh definitely fits found in water found in water dead you know it's, it's basically fits the same profile of uh, victims so, yeah, yeah african exchange students yeah um uh, smarts you know uh people who um immigrated by you know henry mckay right he wasn't a student but he was a very educated like man from africa yeah, guy from africa that's right Correct. Um, been many many young men of uh, African heritage who are over here studying who have been found in rivers and they are abducted. And same with um, Indian. You're correct. That's interesting. So that was Sri Ram Jaya Kumar probably going to be found, or that was probably his body today. What do you think is going to happen with Doherty? Do you think he'll pop up or be found in water? Or what? What? Uh, do you have any predictions? I, I sadly do, yes. He's, he's going to be found uh, where they've been searching, probably exactly where his shoes were found. And when, I don't know. It's going to be within the next two weeks, maybe maybe this weekend, possibly this weekend. But in the next two weeks, uh, he's going to be found. He Adultery will absolutely be found. That's fascinating because you predicted, I think, to the day the discovery of the body of Kelleher. I mean, if I yeah, I did, sadly. Yeah, so... Sadly. Was, um, I suspect it's because of Easter. Yeah. You know, holidays are really big with these people. I mean, I, I don't think America... I, I know America does not understand how big this is um, and how, how, how organized the people doing this are. I mean, if you don't believe me and you think that's crazy... Just look at the cases by themselves. Look where they're at. Look at the dates and follow them like that. You can see it clearly. Yeah, it's usually a big party, some type of group meeting, whether it's a Celtics game or some. Where was Kelleher? He was at. Uh, was he at a hockey game? I don't remember. Boston, no, Boston uh, Celtics. It was another Celtics, Boston Celtics fan. Yeah, and there was there was another case that it was similar. Right, it was actually right where um, Kelleher disappeared. It was a guy by the name of. William Hurley from yeah. 2009 almost looked. Oh, yeah. if you look at a picture of William Hurley and a picture of Kelleher they're almost like carbon copies white guys light eyes skinny but both walked skinny. out yeah walked out of TD gardens in Boston and just disappeared 
And and Hurley is a remarkable case too because he was on the phone. He was in a kind of uh, area underneath the overpasses, and he was calling his girlfriend, and then he just disappeared. It was it's just one of those incredible cases. And then I think he was found in water, um, like about six days later. Charles in the harbor. In the harbor, same like yeah. Kelleher. It's almost a carbon copy case. If you could compare the Hurley case to the Kelleher case. I think people would just be blown away. Their eyes, eyes would pop out of their heads. It's the same fact pattern. It's the same MO. Every victim in, in Boston. Well, that's I mean, there's, a, there's a good long list. I mean, pretty crazy in the same part of town. Right. So in that whole downtown center, but they're always found in the Charles River, which is weird. There's like one spot where they're all found, and that's not unusual in a lot of these cases. If you Correct. look at the lacrosse cases, the bodies are found in the same spot downriver. Even though they've been found, they're sent by dogs has been found upriver, so they're found in a, in a, the same spot in there. And then it's almost the same in Bristol, where people get found on the the kind of eastern shore of this lake. It's the same spots. And then there was the the cases out of New York. I think it was McNeil, and I can't remember the other guy, but they were both found. Anthony Urena. Urena. So they were both found like in the same, like within ten feet of each other. Like 15 years apart. Yeah. No. Same spot. Insane. Uh, talking about Bristol, too, there was another case in Bristol. Jason Gurgul, uh, G-U-R-G-U-L, same fact pattern, skinny guy, out drinking in the middle of the night, disappears, found in the... Uh, On the way home. But yeah. here's, here's the interesting thing about Gurgul. I've been studying his case, is that he was found... In that this there's this bar Thecla, the same bar that Lewis Ball came out of and disappeared. Somebody that uh, was another Bristol case, but he Kirkle's body was found in a very active area of downtown Bristol. Like literally, even at night, that place would be busy. It would be teeming with people coming out of bars, and so to think that he would have walked over there in the you know two thirty at night, nobody saw him, and he just fell in and drowned, makes you know that case even more. You know, the, the possibility of him drowning by himself more unlikely. Like nobody heard somebody splashing or calling for help. Yeah, Absolutely. Jason, yeah, no way. The Jason Gurgold case. And they're actually, one of the interesting things about those cases in Bristol is you start seeing the same kind of phenomenon that's happening in Manchester, which is, is somebody putting people in the water, but they're happening independently. Like the cases, I've read these these two articles about these cases in Bristol, Gurgle, Abdul Kader, Mahmoud, um, Lewis Ball, Deacon Wilkins, these ones that are very recent. And they talk about this, somebody pushing people in water, but they never me- reference larger cases. They don't see anything in Manchester or what's happening in the U.S. No. And they haven't figured Italy. out. They, yeah, they, Italy, they haven't taken the broader look yet. So mm-hmm. uh, that, and well, I think eventually that's going to happen very shortly. I think they're going to see that there's a far broader, larger pattern. There's not, there hasn't been a place anywhere on the internet for people to go see all of these stories. That's that's a that's why why I do and why I decided to do this because there used to be websites and that's how I learned about this. Footprints on the river's edge. Um, some other people who wrote books about this and they all basically stopped, but the murders kept going. And that's why I started doing this. There's a great Facebook uh, group on. On Facebook, um, it's called "Missing After a Night Out UK and Europe," and I, you know, if you if you want to go and see all these cases, 
it's pretty easy to make your own mind up what's going on. They, they read the exact same way as the American cases. A lot of them are on the same day, um, around the same time that the people are being murdered here in America. Yep. yep. That's a great, great uh, resource. It's that Facebook page. Missing night out after, was it night out at UK or Europe? Is that right? In Europe, yeah. I mean, when you look through, in my research as well, it's interesting you made that point is because these Facebook pages pages pop up once these guys go missing. So the family and friends put up a missing page, but they, they're they all independent of each other. You know, mm-hmm. Jason Gurgle's missing, um, Kelleher's missing, but they don't put them, they don't see the larger context. It's unfortunate, but uh, the resources of those Facebook pages for me has been very valuable. So... You know, people are researching these cases. Look for a Facebook case, a Facebook page featuring the person who's missing. So the Doherty page is probably up there. I haven't seen. Have you seen the Doherty Facebook page yet? I haven't. I haven't either. I, I, don't, I don't even know. What I, some, sometimes I, I follow those. Sometimes I don't. They, they do get up very fast. I, I need to. You're right. Well, there's definitely one. Dakota James is still active. That one is definitely still uh, going on. So. Yeah, there's many. And I've seen, I've seen them a lot turn into justice for that person pages after they've been found. Right. That's, that's a good point. So the, the people are researching these. There's no question. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how people, you know, more people need to understand and be able to read this stuff. I mean, it's just, and, you know, I tell you that one of the similar things about all these cases is that the families never get any closure. Um, the police aren't a whole lot of help to them and you know simple questions go unanswered because no one's willing or um brave enough to even ask questions it's an interesting point because they don't get closure but if you look at almost i would say of all the cases i've looked at almost every one of the family members says something suspicious happened they were murdered they did yes. that's what it's a consistent element that they're saying, whether Suvik Pal is a perfect example, he did not accept the police response. He was, the father was like, come on, this is baloney. He, he met with misadventure. You know, some, and, uh, you know, that's what I found about the parents is they do not believe the police story, and they, they do not find closure. I always mention this one Facebook page in all of my interviews about SFK where one of the mothers is, like, talking to her dead son on Facebook for all of his birthdays and Christmas you know, talking to her lost son. It's heartbreaking. Lies are ruined. Yeah, somebody who, somebody, a, a son who died 10 years ago. You know, not somebody I, I, who died. I see it all the time. I, I've met many mothers who have lost their son to this, and they're all in the same place. Their lives are ruined, and they didn't get any help from the police. They're very upset. They know that their son did not just have an accident, but they have nobody to help them. Nobody to listen. Um... They're kind Tragic, of lost in the past. Yeah, they're very independent and kind of like, uh, yeah. There's just no route. There's no way out for them. You know, not, not anybody is really listening. But yeah, some of them don't want to talk too. I've actually run into in my research some of the parents. I mean, granted, I'm a very anonymous person, but uh, or nobody, not everybody knows of me. But a lot of parents, they're too freaked out or they don't want to share any information about the loss of their kid. I found that to be the case. Yeah. I, I would say overwhelming majority do, though. And, no, I would agree with that. Agree with and that. they want help. I've met some great people who 
um, have been very supportive of me. I wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for people like that. And, you know, I, I want to help. I want people to get justice for what's happened. I mean, as Americans, this is unacceptable, uh, what's happening. And it's unacceptable that the media um, is not doing their jobs and asking more questions. And, I mean, the stuff that we put up and post, we have posted victims that have been found and predicting victims for three years in America. I mean, consistently. I'm surprised that more reporters aren't asking, how are you doing this? Right? How do you know these people are going to be found in the water? You know, this, this isn't a couple people. This is a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, your list is over 100, right? Um, more than that. More than that. I mean, there's... Uh, we're, we're probably easily over 150 in three years in America. And then that, that's you researching for the last three years and then people going back from that, you know, 2012 to 1997, 1996. So I've seen the case in 1991. Which one, which one was that? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's actually in um, the, the Sobering Coincidence. I hate to give that book a plug, but... Um, there's a victim, I, I forget the gentleman's name, he was a Georgia Tech student, he was at a club, um, and he vanished, and he was found um, a couple of days later in the park, and at Midtown Park, a Piedmont Park in Atlanta, um, was it two Fleischmann? days later. Was that Fleischman? No. Say that again? It wasn't Fleischman, was it? Uh, give me a second. I don't think it was Fleischman was later. I think Fleischman was like, that was 2007. This is 1991. Most people call, most people call uh, McNeil, you know, victim number one, which is true. Which I do. Uh, I've called him victim zero. Yeah, victim one. Well, I mean, that's what, that's what, uh, well, they said that more because of the book, right? That uh, Gilbertson and Gannon, they, they know that there are other victims, they, they said, but for the book's purpose, right? Um, the gentleman's name was Mike Adams. Mike Adams, interesting. And he was a Georgia Tech student, and he was out at a club, and his he, I actually interviewed uh, somebody who was with him that night, just recently, and he was found two days later um, in a pond, uh, the opposite direction where he was. He was talking to a woman um, that night at the bar, and he wanted to be left alone from his friends that he was out with. And that I can confirm that, and this was not in sobering coincidence, I can confirm that his personal belongings were lined up all along that pond where he was found. 1991. That's remarkable. Yeah, that seems to be another, a lot of the cases that happened in uh, La Crosse, if I remember, their personal belongings were stacked up or they were moved up to that uh the chief, the Indian chief, or whatever it was, if I remember. Correctly. Yeah, that's that. That's in drowning forensics, as in the book confirmed that in Lacrosse, five separate victims' personal belongings were left at the Indian statue in Riverside Park at the feet. That's that not was, conspiracy theory. That is a fact. Right, and that's upriver from where they were last seen in the downtown part of Lacrosse, and then their bodies are found downriver from the downtown Lacrosse. So, how did that all happen? You know, how did that happen upriver? Yeah, and the dogs, the, the scent dogs all, you know, triggered all in that area, that whole part. Yeah. 
like, like a, a boat, boat took them or a car, they suspect. That's, that's been written. It's interesting you bring up lacrosse because for, by my count, there's been 18 victims in lacrosse. And the last victim was Shalim uh, Augustine, which he was of Indian descent, and he was found upriver um, from where he was last seen. And, uh, you know, it's out with people in bar. But there's a missing young man. There's a new missing new man right in lacrosse right. right now. Same deal. Vanished. Um, he hasn't been seen in over a week, and he's probably been abducted. We're waiting to see. I would bet you money that he is found in the river there in Lacrosse. And the Lacrosse murders are one of the original places, and people think that they stopped. They did not stop. All they did, they started their own river watch there, and people were watching the river at night because they couldn't stop these men being abducted there. And all that did was that the murderers just moved to the town next over um, in E. Claire. Um, Wisconsin. So the murderers just moved there. Um, and all, all the reason I even bring that up is because there's been a big push um, for a petition in Pittsburgh about putting cameras on the rivers and how that's a noble thing, but the murders aren't going to stop. The murders will just move. They'll move outside of the, uh, like any the cameras. Yeah, if the serial Correct. killer is thinking he wouldn't get caught on a CCTV kind of camera. The guy you're talking about in lacrosse, his name is Daniel Chamberlain. Yes. 27, right? Yeah, 27. I think that I just read in here he's been found deceased. What? Yep, let me look up. Where? Doesn't say? Man's body found. Twenty. He was at the base of Miller Bluff, north of yeah. Florida. So, yeah. 27-year-old dead today. What was this? When's this dated? Today. Wow. So he's been found. He's dead. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Yeah, crazy. Been, been, a, been, a, been a couple um, mysterious um, young men being found at the bluff this week. That's actually the third young man who has vanished. One was in Vermont, one was in Tennessee, and one was in La Crosse. This week, all by themselves. Well, it's all vanished. All found at the bottom of a, like a cliff or like a hill. Right, and there, there was, I think it was White Church somewhere in La Crosse where two uh, two young men left bars and were found at the bottom of a quarry. Do you remember that story? So yes, not I that do. far out of La Crosse. Yeah. So, and I think that's an important, this is actually the case of this guy, Jim Chamberlain, that just happened today, is an important aspect to look at, is that there may be other cases of people being murdered where they're not found in water, they're not found at all, or they're found at the bottom of a high object, whether it's a bluff, a top yes. quarry, or you had that one case in the panhandle of Florida where a guy was found after supposedly falling off of a uh, parking garage. Do you remember that one? Yes, that's funny you should bring that up, but that was on the two-year anniversary to the day um, of Ray Joseph's, the, the Indian college student from Texas who was from New York. He was visiting Panama City. Two years to the day, they had another student. Um, I can't think of his name right off the top, but he was found dead. He was drinking. He vanished. They found him at the bottom of a parking garage, but the police couldn't tell where he fell from, but he had trauma. And that's a, that's a big-time theme. That's another misconception about the people doing this. That people think it's all drownings. Right. It is not. A majority are drownings. 
But in my opinion, there's also where they put people in their cars and they put them into rivers or ponds or lakes and they're hidden inside their cars. I see that many times. Um, I see victims of falls where people uh, are vanished, missing, and they find them at the bottom of the gorge. Same way, trauma, that's a common theme. Same deal, could be bars. I mean, um, Ithaca, New York had such a problem with the same thing in one of their gorges that they were saying that the kids were committing suicide. They were not, that they put up um, these nets um, to stop the bodies and the kids being found at the bottom. The murders continued. They they stopped since, but this is a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. Please go. I was going to say that and hypothermia. Right. Is like the other one, right? Those are the those are the crimes that these people commit: the accidental drownings, putting victims in their submerged cars, and. Um, hypothermia and victims of falls. And so that young man in lacrosse was the third victim of a fall this week. I posted all three of those stories. You can make your mind up for yourself. But all of them say the same thing. Don't know how the person was found that way. Tragic death. I'm trying to remember what that where that place was where the two same guys fell off into the same um, into the same quarry. God, I wish well, there's been a couple. You're remembering correct. There's in New York, I think. Upstate New York is where I was just talking about. It was Minnesota, Minnesota or Wisconsin. Those were the Wisconsin cases. I can't remember. One of those quarries um, they, in Wisconsin, they found a smiley face graffiti there. Yeah. So those, those, that graffiti find is, pops up in so many different places. I'm convinced that there's more that was that people just crossed over and they never saw. So not people all are not looking. Yeah, they're just not looking for it. Yeah. Because people people take the word for the police and the media that it was a simple accident. Why would anybody be out there looking? There's so much more out there. Right. So the two cases that were found at the bottom of a quarry were in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Yeah. And that was Benjamin Fooder. That was from uh, 2012, and then there was another one and found in the same quarry, same young guy. Um, his name was, Fooder was F-U-D-E-R. God, what was the other guy's name? Wegener. Same, same quarry one year before, Mark Wegener. So that was May 30th, 2011, Wegener was lost, and then July 28th, 2012, both found at the bottom of the quarry. Yeah, the kid I was the, he brought up was Tyler Gilmore. Gilmore. Was uh, he was a wrestler, and he was visiting Panama City. And on the two-year anniversary of Rennie Joseph vanishing in Panama City, Tyler Gilmore van- disappeared. And he was found at the bottom of a parking garage, and they had no proof that he had fallen. But that's where he was found dead. And then there was uh, what was it Cameron Smith was found dead in Panama City Beach with a smiley face. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, Cameron Smith, the, a month after uh, Rennie Joseph vanished, on, the, uh, on a month after seven miles down the same road, um, Cameron Smith was also visiting Panama City. He was staying there. He vanished. He was found in the pond where he was camping. A week later, that pond was searched by divers uh, multiple days before he was found. 
I went there and visited. I, I went where Rennie Joseph vanished from and was last seen, and I went where Cameron Smith was, was found dead. And I found um, a smiley face, a frowny face on a piece of boat where he was found. It was like a piece of boat in the water, or half a boat. It was just a wrecked piece of boat. And it had the word Aster written on the boat with a, with a frowny face. No graffiti anywhere else. Um, anywhere else where, where he was found and where he was camping out right there. And the police blamed LSD for Rennie Joseph and Cameron Smith's death. Interesting. And there were other, there's been other cases of LSD, some which you may not want to talk about, but I know of other cases where supposedly drugs were the causative factor, but, it, you know, and a second analysis, it just doesn't seem to be the case. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's we, we can talk about that story. I don't, I don't mind. I mean, there's been, there was a quarry, there was a kid here in Georgia in a quarry, and they blamed LSD. He was um, like two weeks after Nas Muhammad. Wow. Yeah. Um, same deal. In fact, he posted pictures on his uh, this victim who was found in the quarry here in Georgia on his uh, Instagram the day he w supposedly went missing. He was out with his friends supposedly at the quarry. Uh, they left him there supposedly. They, they searched that quarry for weeks. They had divers, dogs. They missed him. A week later, they found him in the quarry. LSD blamed. So amazing. I mean, there needs to be a list of all of the sites or people who have been found after extensive searches. I think Kelleher was one of them. They were looking for him. They were looking for him. Yeah. Looking, looking, looking. Where is this person? And then all of a sudden, huh. bam. And it'll be the same for Doherty outside of Boston. You know, when he oh, pops sure. up in the next couple weeks, three weeks, they'll be like, yeah. bam, we searched that 10 times. Same thing with Verrett. Search that tent for 300 times, right behind the bar. People walk by it. Same thing with Booth out of Philadelphia. Like, you know, they're found in obvious places where somebody could Shane see Montgomery. them. Shane Montgomery. Yeah, Shane Montgomery. Three Zach Moore. Three feet of water. Oh, yeah. It's just so, the pattern is so vast. It's just shocking that police authorities cannot put out a warning or just say, hey, something's going on, you know. It's just amazing. I don't think they can. I think that's what we're battling here. Is that the the like your like your guest said that on your last interview, which was great, but him saying that it's almost like an order has been given out to the police departments to say the same thing. That is absolutely true, you know. And I I'm watching how the press and the media and the police act in these places. Right in Pittsburgh, they've had a lot of pressure on them, and they are very tight lipped about. Any young man who's going missing right now, anybody that's found in the water right now, they're not giving out a whole lot of information. Yeah. Um, same with Boston. Well, you can't, yeah, you can't find out the condition of the bodies. Like Dakota nah. James, what was the condition of the body? Was he in water for 40 days? That's vitally important to the public. I know, I believe that the cops are keeping tons of information back. I mean, they it's, are. and it's it's at the to the detriment of the public that that in, this information is not the right because. Then people would realize, holy smokes, I got to tell my college student nephew to be careful. I got to tell my son to get an Uber home, you know, before 11 or something. Because right, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. These kids. No, are it, is, it is. And, that, that's, and that's why I do this. And I've told you and I've had this conversation is that, you know, I used to, when I was younger, I used to think, no way. When I first learned about this, no way can one man abduct me. You know, no way. Could a man, you know, I'm too tough, right? 
until I started reading stories about MMA fighters or some really tough dudes um, who were abducted and murdered by these people. And, I mean, it, it, people have got to understand. If you have a kid um, who's college age, high school age, you have, this is a different world, America, we're living in right now. Because um, their kids, your kids are in big danger, and that's why the police aren't more public and they're war- not warning people. And my whole goal is to educate people by just posting information. You don't have to believe what I say. Make your own mind up, but at least take it seriously. And if you have family of young men or you know people and you know they go out and they're just being normal, regular kids, you've got to warn these people. Yeah. You cannot. This is – you are – it's so bad to be abducted by these people. This yeah. is the, the worst of the worst. The worst and of the worst, no question. And you can get drugged and abducted. You don't have to be drugged. You can still get abducted. Don't get a car. Get in a car with somebody you don't know. If you're a call anybody, really, if you're a college-age male or female, really, for that matter. But, you know, the females seem to have gotten the warning, like, be careful. But the men are oblivious to any potential personal danger. Even the police, I mean, even the police in some ways, because when young men go missing and their families are pleading with them to put out a missing person report, the police don't even take it serious because they're like, oh, that's a man. Right, good point. Right? And that's like the most dangerous time there is for these people, and the police aren't even looking. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. So, Jim Smith, this has been 45 minutes. I really appreciate you sharing your information with uh, myself and the audience. We've got about four minutes left. Can you please tell uh, the, the audience or the listening public about uh, your websites and how they can get in contact with you? Yeah, well, um, thanks again um, for putting out the stuff. And I think everyone's really excited about your documentary that's coming out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Drowning Victims, at Smiley Face Cult. I only post victims uh, when they go missing that I think are involved. I also have uh, Smiley Face Killers America on Facebook as my group. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, you've got uh, – there's people are posting I've, – I've noticed an upsurge in people sending you information or sending you stuff. So you're definitely like a center point for really awesome research and information. So I definitely recommend uh, people go check out Jim Smith's stuff, follow him, follow these cases – and also warn your friends and family. There is definitely a danger taking place uh, out in the United States and the UK and the world, really, about young men being abducted. So uh, anything else you'd like to add, Jim Smith? No, thank you for all your work. I just, uh, I'm just i very excited about your documentary. Like I was saying, I think um, the public is wants to see and wants to learn what's going on, and I'm just excited. So thanks for putting together such a great piece of information for people to see. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I've done some pretty intense research into case after case after case. So I think when people sit down and watch my documentary, they will walk away after watching it and say, something's happening. It won't be a vague kind of uh, feeling of, yeah, maybe there's a phenomenon. They will know that young men are being abducted, they're being held and murdered. So I think they'll know without question that this phenomenon is taking place. So that's that was really my goal. And uh, so I hope people are able to check it out when it comes out. I'm hoping to have it done within the next seven days. Today is May 19th. So uh, I definitely am just kind of over looking at it, at it over and over again, making sure that 
everything's very clear. So, Jim, I and you know, I, I actually give kudos to you, and I really appreciate your help. You've really been an invaluable uh, helper for me in in looking at these cases and providing so much information that's not really been out there in books and other websites. So, I definitely appreciate all of the work that you've done, Jim. I really, I really do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just glad to have somebody else who wants to teach people and show people that, you know, as Americans, we don't have to accept this. This is not okay. Well said. Well, that's a great way to finish. Jim Smith of Smiley Face Killers America. Thank you very much. Thanks, William. All right, bud. Appreciate it. All right, we're done. That's it. Awesome. Awesome show. That went fast. 48 minutes. Yeah, I could talk that.